the movie Mafia. On today's episode, a review of the Jurassic World short film Battle at Big Rock. Tony Stark is returning in the upcoming Black Widow movie, supposedly. And a special look at our most anticipated movies for the rest of 2019. All of this coming up next. My name's Bond. James Bond. You're a wizard, Harry. I drink your milkshake. You can't handle the truth. You gotta tear me apart, Lisa. Again, we are the Movie Mafia. I'm Andrew Kent. Next to me is Jacob Trout and Marco DeLuca, our second episode ever. Boys, good to be back for another week. How y'all doing? Doing great. Excited uh, to get nice. this going again. Absolutely. Oh, oh, we have a lot to get to. I'm sure you boys are very excited. And as I said in the intro, let's get right into it. A new short film has been released. I think it was last week at the end, maybe. It was a uh, short film for Jurassic World. It's in between Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World 3. The title of this short film is Battle at Big Rock. And the main plot was just a family of five. They are camping. They have a big trailer. And then all of a sudden, they see some dinosaurs. Uh, a real big one attacks them, and you get the story. So it's only about eight minutes long. It was directed by Colin Trevorrow. And we, we pretty much get a sense of what Jurassic World 3 will be like. And we know that movie comes out in a year and a half, 2021. Um, and all three of us have seen this short film. Honestly, at this point, I'm not the biggest fan of the Jurassic World series. Agreed. Uh, I thought that the first movie was okay. The second movie was doing pretty good in the first 30 minutes. And then after that, the movie was just terrible. So There was more than 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. So... Um, what do you guys think of this short film? Does it make you more excited for Jurassic World 3, or do you think it's just going to be another okay movie? You really don't care that much to see it anyway. Yeah, I think it's going to be just an okay movie. I mean, in the, the short film was literally like your typical Jurassic Park film. Uh, it was like just, like you said, like the family and then them interacting with the dinosaur, the dinosaur attacking them, so... I mean, I didn't see anything, like, special about it. Yeah, I mean, when you go back to the original Jurassic Jurassic Park movies, the first, you know, Jurassic Park movie, the second one, like, those were some of the, the prime movies, the prime era of Jurassic Park. And at this point, much like some other franchises, uh, they're just really milking it. And it's really unfortunate to see such a, you know, a franchise that I grew up with and I really loved watching their movies take such a downturn. I watched this short film and it was exactly the same as any other movie, Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic World movie I've ever seen. It was extremely predictable. You knew exactly when the dinosaurs were going to come out. You knew that no one, you know, of any substantial value in their family of five, spoiler alert, nobody gets hurt <laughs> or dies. So, you know, or injured in any capacity. It was just extremely predictable. There was violence. There was mayhem. The, of course, the T-Rex got very close to biting them, and somehow, miraculously, the man of the family 
staves off the T-Rex with a metal beam, and then his wife has a fire extinguisher, and somehow that <laughs> subdues a gigantic T-Rex right in front of them. Can't forget the little girl. And of course, like two crossbow arrows. I don't know how she found the crossbow because it would have been in the other trailer. Yeah. You know, or just laying on the ground outside of their trailer. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And then she grabs it and two arrows did, like stay, stave away the T Rex. I was, my mind was absolutely blown watching it. I, I got to admit, it was thrilling. At some parts, it was definitely suspenseful. But by the end of it, I left with the feeling of, oh boy, I've seen this before. Yeah. I definitely am on the same page with both of you guys. Is this wrong of me to say that I sort of kind of hope that one of them would at least die? And there was <laughs> a scene near the end where the trailer gets knocked over and then you just have the baby still in its little seat hanging there and the T-Rex is, is about to come and eat it. <laughs> am I terrible to say that I kind of wish that at least one of them would have gotten eaten by this thing? Because it might have turned my expectations in a, in a different in a different route, yeah. you know? I, I can say without a doubt, I saw the baby dangling, and the only thing I thought was, <laughs> please, I hope that they leave that baby there and run. Because that's what I would have done. Just leave it and get the hell out of there, and that's your terrible that's, thing <laughs> to say. It is a horrible <laughs> thing to say. But that is the big, biggest opportunity, the biggest window they had to escape. But, I mean, of course, it's a, it's a fake, uh, you know, fantasy movie. And it's extremely predictable. So, yeah, maybe not the baby, but if someone, you know, would have got killed, someone, there would have been some presence of danger. You know, if if maybe not in that short trailer, short, you know, video, um, maybe no one had to die in that. But maybe if there was a precedent in other movies where more big name characters were actually dying or, you know, more uh, big, you know, uh, deaths on screen uh, rather than just, uh, you know, some random animal or some random dinosaur or another random character that was just introduced. Those characters mean nothing. So they just need more of that to make these movies more substantial. And do you guys think that for Chris Pratt being the star of this Jurassic World franchise, is this series ruining Chris Pratt's career? We know that he is one of the lead stars in the MCU as uh, Star-Lord. Star -Lord. Yep, Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. He has that, and he has done many other things, but... Jurassic World, at this point in time, is looked at as one of his biggest roles in Hollywood currently. Do you guys think that if he continues acting in movies such as Jurassic World, does this sort of ruin his career moving forward? I don't think so, because I think he's still a great actor, even though like the movies aren't as good, but he still plays a good part within the movie, so I don't think it does. Yeah, I think it's hard to say that uh, Chris Pratt's career at this point could be ruined. However, I think it could have been definitely tarnished if it weren't for Thor now joining mm -hmm. the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, with Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy, there's no way the spotlight will be removed from Chris Pratt and the Guardians movies, respectively. So, without a doubt, and the fact that they have James Gunn directing Guardians 3, without a doubt, Chris Pratt's career is only going up no matter how far Jurassic Park is going down. And Battle of Big Rock, you can check this one out on YouTube. As I said, only about eight minutes long. The main part of the movie go, runs about six minutes, and then you get a little special few clips at the end just showing the dinosaurs uh, causing some mayhem in the United States of America. That's probably the best part of this short film. You see a few little dinosaurs chasing this little girl who's crying. A uh, car almost gets knocked, knocked off the road because of a dinosaur, and some pigeons get 
eaten by some dinosaurs. <laughs> so, I, I mean, at least they, they gave us that. And the, the short film I don't think is bad. I definitely thought this short film was better than most of the second Jurassic World. So uh, at least we have some fun to take away from Battle at Big Rock. Not the most memorable short film I've ever seen. Definitely have seen better short films in my life. But um, I, I'm a, I think I'm a little bit more excited to see Jurassic World 3 after such a, a terrible second installment <laughs> in this franchise. So, uh, yeah, that, that's Battle of Big Rock. As I said, check it out on YouTube. So let's move into our next topic for the day. This is just a rumor, apparently. We're not really totally sure if this is going to happen or not. I've seen some websites say, yes, it's confirmed. Others, though, it's just a rumor. We're not sure yet. But apparently, and let me say it again, these are rumors. They're not confirmed yet. But it is said that Tony Stark could possibly make an appearance. I don't know what exactly he'd be doing in this movie, but he could return in the upcoming Black Widow movie that is set to debut on May 1st, 2020 to kick off the MCU's Phase 4. Do you guys buy this information? Will Tony Stark return in Black Widow, or do you think this is all just rumors? You know, personally, I buy it, and the reason I buy it is because I don't know how, I don't know what's going to be in this Black Widow movie. I don't know how many people are going to see it. Black Widow is an amazing character, but let's be honest, she's not one of the premier Avengers. The premier Avengers are, you know, uh, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, you know, etc. Not really, I mean, more like Black Widow, Hawkeye, Hulk, more background Avengers. They're very much a part of their team, very much in their universe, but none of them have their own movie. So Black Widow getting a movie, as much as I am very interested to see what it is, what it, what's going, what it is, you know, what the plot's going to be, how the movie will turn out, I do not know how good it will be. And I think a lot of people, you know, I'm a diehard MCU fan. I will definitely see this movie. I think Marvel, you know, Disney might be worried that there's not enough people out there that would be really interested in seeing this movie. And I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. appearing in, uh, you know, some sort of cameo basis or in the trailer in some capacity could definitely help get some more people, you know, some more tickets bought and some more um, butts in the seats. Yeah, I mean, especially like what we talked about last week with, like, his contract. I think it's going to be interesting to see if he actually plays a part in this movie. I would... I like Jake said I would I would very much like to see him in this movie for sure. I'm going to disagree with you guys actually because for me if Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. returns in another MCU movie to me that that just takes away from what Avengers Endgame and all the other MCU movies did before that. Why would you bother bringing him back and as great as it would to see Robert Downey Jr. again in an MCU movie, it's not like this film is coming out way after Endgame. It's only going to be a year after Avengers Endgame hit theaters. It's not like it's five to ten years later that Downey is returning. No, it's only going to be a year later, and I think it takes away from the significance of a possible return. And also, it just takes away from what Downey Jr.'s role was in Endgame and what happened to his character, his his fate by the end of that movie. I don't, I don't think it's necessary to bring him back. Maybe it makes sense because of storytelling 
Uh, if it does take place supposedly in between Civil War and Infinity War, I get I get it because you, you might need somebody like Tony Stark to show up in the movie because of storytelling's sake. But just for the character, I think it's best to keep him away from the MCU because of what Tony Stark did for this universe and how his character ended and how he saved the world, what he did in that movie, Avengers Endgame. I just think it would take away so much from what was built for the character, and I don't think it's really necessary to bring him back. Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand the you know where you're coming from and your thought process, and I agree with you to a degree. I really think that this could be pulled off well as an homage to Tony Stark if they do it within a small cameo basis where he's either mentioned, seen on screen for you know less than 30 seconds, or has a very small speaking role. And I think how this would still not take away from the impact he had in Avengers Endgame is if it's similar to how Stan Lee's cameos are done, where he was dead at the point of Avengers Endgame releasing and his cameo was still there. It's almost an homage to Stan mm -hmm. Lee. And I get it. Stan Lee isn't a character like Iron Man is in these movies. However, I do think it can be really nice on screen for you know audiences to see Robert Downey Jr., to see Tony Stark in this movie, just to be like, I, I miss him already. Uh, I wish I was. I could see another movie with him. He's gone, and this is just an older version of him. And just seeing him again with uh, with all this additional context could be useful. However, I do agree with you. If he was in this movie for an extended period of time as a supporting actor, this could definitely go wrong quick. I do kind of want to get into with this Black Widow movie and possibly seeing Tony Stark, having him there. And I liked how you mentioned, Jacob, that there's a fear for Disney and Marvel that maybe people won't be as interested in the Black Widow movie because of Endgame being over now and the Avengers movies might Absolutely. not be making a return for a long time. Do you think bringing Tony Stark back could, for Disney, be a, a cash grab idea for them so they can get more people to show up to the theater, buy tickets just because Tony Stark will be in the movie? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think another big part of that is I think the longer that Robert Downey Jr., if he is even in this movie, is on screen, the more insecure it's showing that Mar the more it shows how Marvel is insecure about uh, how popular this Black Widow movie can be. And honestly, the more disrespectful it is to, you know, um, Natasha Romanov, uh, Black Widow as a character, you know, all, all, all together, it just really, I think, shows if the longer they have them on screen, the more insecure they are about it. And I think they should just be confident in this movie. I think they should just realize that the MCU is an extraordinary brand, uh, extraordinary, you know, Disney is an extraordinary company, and I think they have a lot of opportunity. And I think this movie would be really successful if they just go all out and all into Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow character. And do you guys feel like the MCU could be losing some steam? You know, I really think that's a possibility. Um, I think one of the biggest things that Marvel was trying to do to avoid that is having a lot of different characters coming out, new TV shows. They're transitioning from movies into TV shows now in a big way. They're also moving into a character that has never been on, you know, uh, on screen as her own as a character by herself, like we said in Black Widow. You know, so it's not Captain America three, Captain America four, five, whatever. It's Black Widow one. 
It's also all these new TV shows, a whole new format. It's also brand new characters that they're putting into this universe. Uh, and also another another big idea for this MC, for the MCU that's happening uh, in a couple months now is going to be Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness. That's the confirmed title. And it's also confirmed that this movie is going to be uh, the first scary horror MCU movie ever made which is a really interesting you know pathway disney as a brand is tended to, tends to be more kid child friendly whichever we can all can respect and understand however when you go into this whole idea of having a horror movie it maybe cuts off some of the kids cuts off some of the children that would see this movie however it opens itself up to a whole new audience and a whole new genre for people that were getting bored with how the mcu previously operates yeah i definitely agree with you jake like if if they are losing an audience that bringing in more like you, like you said black widow one more characters movies tv shows i think that brings more and more people in to like get more involved in mcu absolutely i, I think no matter what the mcu will always be a part of hollywood's big box office numbers absolutely. you're not you're not going to see too many other movies make the type of numbers that the MCU films will be making each and every single year. It doesn't matter what movie it might be. I still feel like the lowest of lows will probably be making maybe 500 mil worldwide. It's incredible. It's, it's, it's insane. So I don't, I don't see it ever happening at least anytime soon for the MCU to uh, fall apart for people to start losing interest. The only way I think that'll ever happen is if somehow DC comes out of nowhere, knocks it out of the park, and continues They just might. They, they, I hope they do. I, I'm a DC supporter. I would not mind DC getting better. And they have, and they probably will continue getting better. Um, but, but also, real quick, before we move into our, our next topics, um, the Avengers, as I mentioned a couple of times, uh, during our podcast so far, we're not really sure when we'll see another Avengers movie. Before the show, Jacob was mentioning that it's some reports have said that uh, the Avengers could be coming back in Phase Five with another movie without Spider-Man. We're not totally sure, but um, with, with Tony Stark, if he if he does come back, do you guys see an Avengers reunion happening sooner rather than later? I personally cannot see that happening. I think there's zero chance there's any sort of Avengers team-up movie outside of maybe Fantastic Four characters see the Avengers Tower in a movie. Uh, other than that, there's no Avengers movie coming out in Phase 4. The earliest we're going to get it is Phase 5, which I think is really good because it gives us a lot, gives Marvel and, D, and um, sorry, Marvel and Sony a lot of opportunities to negotiate this contract for Spider-Man. So if Spider-Man is still not in the MCU by Phase 5, well, then there's no way he's ever going to be in the MCU again, most likely. They have plenty of time before Phase 5 officially starts. I don't know the exact time frame. I'd say probably three, four, upwards of three or four years. So they have all those, all that time to get a movie together, get a contract together. Because I really, I think a lot of people do not want to see another Avengers movie without Spider-Man in it. He's a core part of that. And now DC, or uh, Marvel, sorry, has brought, uh, brought themselves a lot of time to before they have to make that kind of decision. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, that it give it does give them time to for the contract. So if they could get a contract early 
maybe we will see something earlier. But if not, it, it's I mean, phase five's like pretty good. I wouldn't mind having another Avengers movie soon. Uh, but like I said, keep Tony Stark away from the MCU for a while. <laughs> and if you're yep. gonna have another Avengers movie, have it without. Thor, Captain America, or Iron Man, or anybody else that was included in the first movie, like Black Widow. She's not even. They have the characters to do it. Yeah, they do. They do. They have so many characters. They're going to continue building characters. That they, they definitely will never run out. So they they have so much content, so many comic books. I'm sure Marvel is is still writing comics to this day. I I doubt they'll uh, ever stop doing that. But um, with that, let's move into our next. Topic. This is a segment. It's called Rapid Reports. Every single week, we'll go through a couple of topics as quickly as possible. So without further ado, Jacob, you start with the first Absolutely. Rapid Report. Absolutely. So Netflix is getting Seinfeld. They have the streaming rights to Seinfeld in 2021. This is a massive deal because they're losing the office and losing friends. What do you think about that, Andrew? I think that this is a big move for Netflix. If they are going to be losing those other big shows, then you may as well go ahead and get one of the largest, most popular comedies, sitcoms of all time. That is Seinfeld. I think this is uh, a great move on their part, and it should bring in and, and it should be uh, able to help uh, Netflix maintain their audience moving forward. Uh, when you have other big companies also making streaming plans. Marco, is this a fan, a, a plan you're in favor of? Absolutely. I love Seinfeld. I have literally watched every episode. So I feel like with losing those two uh, shows on Netflix, bringing in Seinfeld in 2021, that will just open up and get more people coming in to watch it because other than Hulu, you really can't watch every single episode of Seinfeld. So... I think it's a great idea. The New Mutants, the two-year anniversary since they finished shooting the movie, just passed within the last week. Wow, will this movie <laughs> ever get pumped out into theaters? Guys, what, what does this mean for New Mutants? Will we ever see this movie come to fruition in the theaters? God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, this this movie, as you said, I just want to make sure all of our listeners uh, get this fact down. This movie finished shooting two years ago. So this movie that was shot two years ago is now going to come out at some point in 2020 or later. It was originally supposed to come out in April of 2018. It was pushed back. The movie was then supposed to air August 2nd, 2019. It was pushed back. Now there is no confirmed date. So whether this movie gets made or at, at all is a complete mystery. Definitely not in 2019, you know, an asterisk around whether it's going to be in 2020 and beyond. At this point, if it comes out in 2020, it's going to be a movie that was finished three years prior. It's going to be absolutely so outdated by this point. There's no reason to put it in. And if you if you say that the movie was finished uh, shooting in April or in, uh, in uh, 
let me see, 2017 here. So th- that movie was would have been shooting probably that entire year, sometime in 2016 as well. And they would have done the story, the you know the some of the uh, effects, some of the gathering the cast, all that stuff in you know early 2015, maybe even 2014. And then that is stretching it a bit. However, there's a long process to make these movies. So the more we wait, the older it gets, the more outdated it gets. And I just think it's just a bad idea um, for everyone involved. The mu- New Mutants is not something anyone was excited for. I-, I don't think it's a priority whatsoever with Fantastic Four and X-Men and all the new TV shows Marvel has. I just don't see a point to this movie. Finally, The Suicide Squad, or if you want to call it Suicide Squad 2... The cast was officially announced just recently. Some of the names include Margot Robbie again as Harley Quinn, Jack Courtney coming back as Captain Boomerang, Viola Davis again reprising a role as Amanda Waller. You have Joel Kinnaman, John Cena, who we all know from WWE and a lot of other movies. I cannot wait to see John Cena in this movie. I don't know what he's going to do, but it's cool enough. Uh, Idris Elba will make an appearance, possibly being Deadshot, Storm Reid as Idris Elba's daughter. What can this movie accomplish after such a failure for the first movie? And and still, we don't even know what the heck the title of this, of this movie. Is it The Suicide Squad? Is it Suicide Squad 2? Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the cast? You know, I really like this cast. I like that they have the balls to bring back original characters because everyone knows Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was an absolute slam dunk success. And the people around her just didn't do a great job. And some of the writing for them or just the actors in general wasn't a great job around these other characters. However, I love that uh, making another Suicide Squad movie, DC realizes their failure and also realizes that Margot Robbie was so successful, just 86, the original Suicide Squad, you know, pretend like it, it never happened. And bring this new one in. I love that they have the balls to do this. This is what fans want. I think this is what fans want. They want to see Margot Robbie back as Harley Quinn. They also want to see some new characters in here. Idris Elba is maybe playing Deadshot. People do not know. People are saying Will Smith is out. And I'm pretty sure that is confirmed at this point. Will Smith is out. So the only logical person to replace him as Deadshot, if they are in fact doing Deadshot in the Suicide Squad is Idris Elba. Also, the fact that Storm Reid, a 16-year-old girl, is going to be Idris Elba's daughter, that is confirmed. So, at that, a big part of Deadshot's character is his daughter. Uh, and his teenage, you know, traditionally maybe 12, 13-year-old, but it could stretch maybe 16-year-old daughter. Uh, so, I really feel like this is Suicide Squad telling us, yeah, Idris Elba's going to be Deadshot, but we just can't officially announce it yet. I would be absolutely surprised if Idris Elba was not Deadshot. And Marco, who is the actor you're looking forward to most to see in the Suicide Squad? I mean, I'm definitely I'm happy that they brought back some of these characters, but I mean, John Cena. <laughs> you I can't mean, see me. Without a no, doubt. you can't. So, <laughs> but he's he's not only a great wrestler, but he's a great actor in so many movies. So, I mean. Just seeing him in the movie is going to be oh, a good time. It's so much fun. Have you guys ever listened to that prank call? It was the oh, of course. John Cena. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And his <laughs> name is John Cena. That's one of the most hilarious little tidbits ever. I, I'm happy that thing exists. But <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> those are today's rapid reports. Uh, just a few little uh, topics to touch on real fast. And with that, let's move into our last two topics of the day. Jojo Rabbit, the Taika Waititi new movie, won the Best Picture Award at the Toronto International 
Film Festival. Um, Jojo Rabbit, it looks like it's going to be a great movie. It has a pretty good cast. Uh, pretty hilarious, I, I think. Um, and then you also have uh, a few other movies uh, recently, like Knives Out. That got some uh, pretty big reviews and and um, people ninety eight percent yeah people yeah. were loving that uh, so these these are some really uh, how how they looked at movies so far in the year um, that the, they've still yet to come out obviously but um, definitely two movies to be looking forward to so why don't we go ahead and talk about our most anticipated movies for the rest of twenty nineteen those two are definitely. At the top of my list, there's another one I have in mind, but uh, let's start with Marco. What are some of your most anticipated movies for the rest of 2019? Uh, Actually, it's going to be on Netflix. It's El Camino, which is a Breaking Bad movie, and I'm really excited about that. I love Breaking Bad. I thought it was one of the best series uh, to ever be aired. For sure. And I'm also going to have to say Gemini Man. I think that looks like a very good movie as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think those are some really good picks. Uh, I guess we know what Will Smith is doing and why he's not back in Suicide Squad. Gemini Man comes out October 11th, and coincidentally on the same date is, as Marco said, uh, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, will be also on October 11th. But for me personally, I think without a doubt the most popular movie coming out uh, anytime soon is going to be The Rise of Skywalker coming out December 20th. Whether or not it'll be the most successful, whether or not it'll be the best movie, it will without a doubt be the most popular. Um, And, you know, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. I am heartbroken with the way this previous trilogy has been. Absolute mockery uh, of the universe, in my opinion. But It's up there for me, too. I didn't mind The Last Jedi, and I don't know if that's going to steer you away from seeing Ryan Johnson's new movie, Knives Out. I hope not. I think we should all go see that movie together. But The Rise of Skywalker is definitely one of my most anticipated movies of the year as well, directed by J.J. Abrams. I thought that the first two movies weren't awful. Could have been better. But I think if you're a Star Wars fan and you see a Star Wars movie is coming out, it's going to be at the top of your list probably for the rest of the year. Um, some of my most anticipated movies for the rest of 2019 – and this is not the best year for movies, I don't think. I think there's been better years in the past. But uh, one of them that comes to mind is called Lighthouse. That is a movie starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. It's all in black and white. And it just looks really interesting. I, I think it could be a uh, a pretty good movie in general. And then You said Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. I didn't realize Marvel and DC crossed over some Norman Osborn and Batman going on here. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's it's going to be pretty cool. I think uh, it, it already has some really good reviews. So um, I, I've heard nothing but great coming from The Lighthouse. I don't know if it'll be up my alley per se, but it does look like a good movie. So that's just enough for me to check it out, especially with the reviews. And then... Two of my other most anticipated movies uh, for the rest of this year include Ford v. Ferrari, which is coming from the director of Logan and stars Christian Bale and Matt Damon, two of my favorite actors. I know you guys love both of them for yeah, Batman. Like a really good movie as well. <laughs> Batman and fake Loki. Yes, fake Loki. You're right. <laughs> Again with the Marvel and DC. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. But... um. 
Yeah, no, this this actually looks like a, a really good movie too. Uh, I, I love Matt Damon, as I said, and and Christian Bale. Both of them are really good actors. I feel like this movie could get some Oscar hype. So, uh, and, and it has a good story. I think there's a, a good story there to be told. It's pretty unique. We don't see movies like this too often. Um, and also the trailer features Rolling Stones. So, <laughs> what's not the Can't love of that? that? No, not at all. And then the final movie I cannot wait to see in 2019, coming out on Christmas, is the new war film titled 1917. This is coming from the director of both Skyfall and Spectre, and I love war movies. I think Hacksaw Ridge is great, Saving Private Ryan, and I've classics. Been, yeah. I, I've been waiting to see a World War One movie on the screen, and finally we are getting a big time World War One release in theaters. So the the trailer was really good. My only fear is that this movie will be rated PG thirteen. <laughs> and it will turn out like Dunkirk, one of my most, one of the movies that disappointed me the most in the last probably five to ten years. So I, I really hope it's nothing like Dunkirk, and it's more along the lines of Hacksaw Ridge and Saving Private Ryan. I mean, it is a World War One themed movie, and I really, I really feel like you can never ever have a chance to have a successful World War One movie or any really war movie if you limit it to be PG thirteen. World War One, or you know, originally named the Great War, was one of the most bloody conflicts uh, to ever happen in the, in the history of our of our world. So I just really think it would be a huge mistake if this was a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And then what about the new Martin Scorsese movie coming out, The Irishman? Do you think this movie could be at the top of Martin Scorsese's best? Of his movies, or do you think this could just be an okay Martin Scorsese movie? I think that's a it's a pretty tall order to be on the top of his best movies, but uh, I mean, with Martin Scorsese, I mean, I think I think anything's possible. Definitely, and uh, I, I honestly have been waiting for another movie to come from him for a while. The last one I saw, and the last one that did come out from Scorsese was uh, Silence. So that one was okay. It was just really slow. And uh, there was no music in the movie, so that was kind of weird. But it had a good cast: Andrew Garfield and uh, the guy that plays Kyle. So don't disagree with Driver. you about that being a good cast. <laughs> I know, I know. It's yeah, it's all right. But um, and then another one that could be okay, probably gonna be just all right though, is uh, Midway, which comes from the director of Independence Day and The Day After Tomorrow. It is Roland Emmerich. This movie also stars Nick Jonas. He's one of the the lead stars, along with uh, a few other pretty big actors like Patrick Wilson and Luke Evans, Woody Harrelson. Um, It's about the Battle of Midway. Roland Emmerich, though, a lot of people criticize his movies all the time. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that one's going to be any good. All right. And finally, today, our final topic, real fast, we'll just discuss two movies coming out this weekend, both Ad Astra and Rambo, Last Blood. I was able to watch First Blood last night. Awesome 80s action movie starring Sylvester Stallone. It's going to go down as uh, one of the greatest of all times. It already is looked yeah. at as a great action movie for many. I'll tell you what, First Blood will be the last mo- last Rambo movie I ever see. <laughs> it, it probably should be, too, because I don't think the other ones have done too well critically. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the, do you guys think this one could surprise anyone uh, this no. weekend? I think just like we were mentioning earlier uh, with the, with uh, the Jurassic Park movies, it's another drawn out uh, franchise: Rambo, Jurassic Park. Uh, Terminator, Indiana Jones, the list goes on and on. I just hope they don't make another Jaws movie. At this point, it just it's all going wrong. Uh, I really hope this is really the last movie that comes out because they're just tarnishing the originals. Yes, uh, I feel the same exact way. I was thinking about this last night after I saw the movie again. Um, they they got to just put a kill switch on some of these franchises. They just keep dragging them out. Terminator, Aliens is another one. <laughs> Why, why do they keep making these movies? People people keep buying tickets. I know. Stop buying tickets. <laughs> Audience, stop buying tickets. People from the 80s, they're all grown up now. They probably don't care that much anymore. And then the younger audience, do they really care that much about these movies anymore? I don't think so. They might like the originals, but the new ones. They grew up on it. They grew up mm-hmm. on it, yeah. But I, if I was, if they remade something that I grew up with, for like the fifth time, they just keep rebooting it over and over again. I don't think I'd want to... Star Wars? Wow. Okay. Well, that's... <laughs> you got me there. But still, it's not like the Star Wars is good as the original trilogy. That's for sure. And then the other movie, Ad Astra. I know Marco, you cannot wait to see that one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to see that. You got Brad Pitt as the star. Um, I hope it's close to as good as Interstellar. But... It's it's uh it could be one of those movies where it's like okay I watched it once I don't have to watch it again, and I think what will be the biggest positive to take away from Ad Astra will be the the visual effects the CGI it could be great, um and that could possibly land this movie some Oscar nominations too so Ad Astra and Rambo, Last Blood are the two movies to see this weekend, um especially Ad Astra that that one should be. Uh, the better one of the two. But we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been the Movie Mafia once again. Andrew Ken in the studio with Jacob Trout and Marco DeLuca. Again, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back same time, same place next week for another edition. Have a great one and enjoy seeing your movies this weekend.